Today's episode of Joystick and Mouse is brought to you by Secret Lab, the absolute best office and gaming chairs you could possibly hope for. I personally have a Secret Lab chair that I use every single day, and I can safely say that my back and my posture thank me for it. It's top quality engineering and design make this a must-have for any gamer out there who wants to sit comfortably and safely. You can check out the amazing lineup of high-quality gaming chairs and desks by heading over to secretlab.joystickandmouse.com. Again, that's secretlab.joystickandmouse.com. Welcome back to Joystick and Mouse, video game news and reviews for all you filthy casuals out there. My name is Alex. I go by Cross in the Gaming Community. With me, as always, is Diddy. Howdy, folks. And with us today, because uh, J-Dime's in class, uh, we got Scott Johnson. Hello, sir. Hey, welcome to me, and glad to be here. Gl- glad to have you here with us and, and being with us. Uh, Scott Thank Johnson. You. I'm not going to be here. I was going to try to be here last week, but then uh, stuff came up, and then uh, I guess Brian was here, so that's cool. You guys yeah. had Ibit around. That's awesome. Yep. And uh, I'm glad to uh, be back. It's good. Able to get that shuffled around for you. And happy to have you here. We're here to talk about video games, something that's endearing uh, to you, as you and I have talked about in the past, uh, and some fun topics. Uh, well, you know, if, if people don't know who you are, how would you introduce yourself to everybody at home? Uh, my name is Scott Johnson. And, well, if you look at what I do, it's a lot of podcasting and uh, stuff that happens to also do a ton of games coverage. So, so I guess you could call me a games podcaster and content creator. I like that. Wow. Very, very official. I like that he title. He hasn't that at all. It, Not it, at all. Yeah. Is that what it says on your business card? Do you have business cards? I do, actually. Um, I rarely use them, but I have a little stack of them I take with me places just me in case too. I need them. I don't know where they are. Yeah. It's kind of rare though, because it's it's like an old school way of exchanging information that I I'm not sure is long for this world, but yet I have a I have a little stack just in case. Yeah, yeah, just in case, you know, just in case all this technology that we have fails us. Uh, but what we're going to talk about today is a fun conversation around some of the psychology around video games. We're going to take a dive, a deep dive, dive into the gaming, uh, in, into what psychology of gaming is today. Take a look at how we project ourselves into games. Uh, when we make a decision in a game, you know, what is it that drives us to make that decision and how does it affect us? Uh, gamers will now also be able to experience the quote unquote pleasure of building Ikea furniture and Xbox cloud gaming is loose in the wild on this episode of Joystick and Mouse. Um, gentlemen, I, I want to point you guys to something here. In fact, I should have had this up. It's really weird. I've never gone viral. Have you guys gone viral before? depends on your definition of viral and like millions uh, of views of something yeah i had a very early 2005 youtube video that went quote-unquote viral i've had a pretty popular uh tiktok that was inexplicably went viral i still don't know why and uh what else um uh, occasionally like a tweet or something uh, i've had a few reddit like top page reddit things happen but all random, none of it planned. Uh, it's impossible random. to engineer. Yeah, I talked about mine last week. My cat. Uh, yeah. It put a fluffy cat in the internet, and it, it'll go viral. But yes. Yeah, it's really that. weird. I'm, I'm, you know, like I put out a lot of content. I feel like I put out some pretty valuable content to my listeners. Stuff around like parenting, and then this great video game news stuff that I like to do. And then I make a video about some chick 
eating the the rind of a pineapple and me being grossed out by it and it gets th- uh 3.4 million views on freaking Instagram uh I found this this uh video on TikTok and I made a you know a little duet of it if you're watching live on on Twitch or YouTube you know like we watch her eat the the fruit itself and then she's enjoying it wow it's so good and then she just sticks the whole rind in her mouth and just keeps eating and we're grossed out by it yeah and people love that yeah i think you uh i think that's you basically just described why i went viral um sometimes it's a trick as to whose will go viral because everyone's doing stuff like this but all it takes is one and uh there's you know then it's a runaway train it doesn't usually translate to much my biggest problem yeah. with virality is it's only it's usually one-offs. It doesn't translate to really much of anything. Yeah. And uh, channels who go viral will try to capitalize on that, but they typically end up being disappointed in the end because it's kind of hard to reproduce. Yeah, and like I've just been, I I've been trying to just kind of continue to create stuff as I like normally would, and um, you know, I'm seeing actually an uptick in the number of followers and stuff like that. But like it was just like that one little freaking spike and then nothing it's just really funny that's all you know it, it's it's yeah. an interesting it's thing. An odd thing um yeah and people who chase it uh more power to them i think they're gonna wear themselves out and burn out eventually but uh you can't maintain it so oh, bingo the best thing to do is if you get any kind of you, know, you get a little leverage with it great if you can parlay it that into something great but I think it's better to focus on what you love doing rather than the one thing that got you like you don't want to pivot suddenly and go from like cool parenting advice on TikTok to, you know, uh, commentary on people's lemon or, or citrus fruit consumption overnight because one video went viral. I don't so know. I could become a, a citrus connoisseur. I could make uh, great videos about, wow, look at this orange and look how silly it looks. Something. I, I am not doing a podcast on citrus. You don't mean that, Diddy. You know that you would do a podcast with me about oranges. Sure. You might. You might. You might. He might. I mean, at the end of the day, we'd all we'd all do it for money. We'd do it for the for the money. But <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, I don't think there's a lot of money in it. That's yeah, all. I agree. No, I agree. Cheers to that. Um, Diddy, you're going to the dark side of of the ring. What what ring? And what do you mean a by ring? That? A big ring, like a halo ring. Oh, so, tell me more. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Microsoft announced this Xbox console that is a halo special edition and i was like "Ooh, i haven't had an xbox in several iterations so i decided i was go looking for one and of course i have my insider who has i don't know what he does but he made a deal for his soul or something to be able to get into uh use and he procured one of these are you talking and- about J dimes <laughs> yes okay uh, our co-host I, I on this show have- in other words I don't know how G-Dimes does this. If there is something that goes up for sale and it's hard to get at, ask him. He he'll finds it. One. He'll get one. It's amazing. He's got some, um, uh, some dark web business going on there. A little bit of uh, trade, trade a little Bitcoin for a little skin or whatever, and boom, you got your Xbox. He, yeah, so, it's um, so easy, though, for him, Scott. He find he found, like, PS5s, like, in the I wild. Five was, was through him. I couldn't get one. Wow. Um, so yeah, I've, I've uh, when they actually get released, which I believe is sometime in October, end of wow. October-ish, um, I will be the proud owner of the Halo Special Edition 
uh, Xbox. Sweet. Get the so. the uh, series. It's only Series X that's the commemorative one, right? Or is there an S version of that thing? There's only the X. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a very very pretty console. Yeah. It's it, it looks really good. I like my Xbox Series X. I like I like both consoles. I haven't. I, I, I haven't had an Xbox, I love them, but I don't, unlike you guys, I don't have anybody to hook me up on PS5s. But uh, I because uh, I've just I've had nothing but like brick wall on that search. But um, we'll have Jadimes really look out like for one for you. We'll ship it to you. Yeah, we, we will. <laughs> I'll have a, I'll I'll put him on the hunt, and if uh, it comes up with one, we'll we'll give you a ring. He freaking finds All him. All right, you know, he sounds like he's got his methods, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. Some kind of voodoo. Some kind of voodoo. Um, <laughs> Scott, anything that you want to report on? Um, no, other than I've been playing uh, a lot of games lately that people make fun of me for. We're going to talk about one of those, but like, yeah, one of them in particular, I'll kind of review later, but, um, I'm really into these, what I call chore core games. And, um, I must not be the only one cause they're coming out like crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it's things like, you know, lawnmower simulator and Shipbreaker, And most recently, uh, gas station, uh, gas station sim- simulator, which is, you know, don't picture one in your town. Picture one out in the desert on Route 66, all beat up and not taken care of since the 60s kind of game. That's what this game is. Um, and it's kind of all the rage at the moment, but I really like it a lot. And I don't know. I got a new one today called Potion Craft. Comes out this week. Got it from the dev. Ooh. Another thing where I'm making I'm making potions and selling them to wizards and fighters and stuff. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I, I'm really drawn in by that stuff. There's something about those game loops. And so... I play them a lot and therefore I bring them up a lot and then everybody makes fun of me a lot. So, you know, whatever. I'm I'm a huge fan of your mainstay, whatever huge video games coming out. I get, get on the AAA bus or whatever hot little indies out, whatever. But in the meantime, you know, I'm building a awesome shitty old gas station and making it work again. It's great. It's really rad. I, I like those games too. And we're gonna talk about uh gas station simulator later gas station simulator later. That's a weird thing to say. Uh, we're it gonna, is. We're going to talk about that. Um, but before we do, we do have some fun news topics to jump into. So why don't we do that? Here's the sound. It's time for the news. And this is a topic that we brought up in uh, Discord on Twitter. We had a bunch of fun replies that we're going to get to. But let's talk about the psychology of your character that you play in a video game game central had an article where they interviewed psychologist and author, Dr. Rachel Cowart and uh, about why we make the choices we do in video games and why they're usually good ones, but are they typically good ones? Um, the answer actually really is yes. Typically these are like good. uh, We, we desire to make, you know, good choices we feel bad about you know hurting somebody and even in a video game it's it's really funny to see that um you know like we we carry so much weight with that but psychologically playing a game does that to us but there were this was a really fun article and there was a there the interview they kind of outline the uh some of the different topics that we're going to talk about um but first i wanted to ask you guys um if you're like me in that you always make the the paragon decision in a game like mass effect or something because i just feel really bad sometimes about mm. like hurting that 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 uh that lady 
who's trying to save her kid. Right. Do you guys um, feel bad about yeah, this? Yeah, I, I take it every time. I paragon every time. I can't every do time. anything else. May as well. I I will admit to have been tempted a few times in like some weird RPG or whatever, like some top down thing. I could have been playing uh, not Kingmaker. What's the new one called? Crap. The new Pathfinder game. Oh, uh, Wrath of the Righteous. It's called. Oh, okay. And um, it's like you know, kind of Baldur's Gatey in in the kind of game that it is, which means lots of dialogue options that could go real south if I want them to, and I just can't bring myself to do it. Um. You know, sometimes it seems like I'll even get a really interesting result if I do. And I know it's just polygons and I know it's all just a, you know, a construct and I could explore my dark self or whatever in these games. But it's really hard for me. I can't do it. So I end up paragoning everything pretty and, much. And that's what they're saying is that um, that's a very common trait. Uh, but do you ever have the desire to go back and like do the, the was it Renegade? Is that the... Renegade is the opposite, yeah. yeah. Or at least in Mass Effect, like other games have different names for it. But um, the answer to that is no, because it, also it has something to do with my current time. My current mm -hmm. schedule for games is basically, if I'm going to play you from start to finish, it very well may be true that I will. I'll play in the entirety of you, me, you being a video game. Um, but you ain't going to get me twice, especially not right away. So maybe like, you know, 10 years later, you're like, hey, look at this. It's a enhanced edition of whatever it was. Then I might, might do it the other way. But even then, I think I'd still struggle because I'd have forgotten a lot and the stories are, you know, coming back kind of fresh and I'd still probably struggle with it. But, but yeah, these people that can like turn around and play a game again, like the day after they beat it. I don't know where they get their time. I don't know either. It, like the yeah. third day that game is out, they're like, hey, I played through this five times now. It's, what? Yeah. <laughs> It's insanity. I mean, he, I, I'm more power to you. Yeah. You know, hey, no complaints. But For real. Diddy, what, what about you? This is really interesting. This, this question is really interesting. So when I start a video, this, when I start a video game, I sort of decide what I'm going to be for the video game. So like one of the ones recently was Red Dead Redemption. When I started that, I said, I'm going to be a dick the whole time. It doesn't matter <laughs> what I do. I'm going to pick the asshole way to do it. <laughs> and I did. And it was a blast. It was so much fun to just to not care, to just do it. I, you know, shoot the guy in the back, I just, you know, and take his money. I just didn't care. But was um, it like difficult? Like, did you actually like wrestle with intern, like your demons or anything? In uh the beginning, in the beginning, you're going, you're like, oh, I should let her go. No, I'm going to shoot her anyways. And you, you sort of have to make yourself do it. But once you get into it, it's sort of fun. It's just sort of, <laughs> you know, you can't be like this in real life. You, you can't walk around being like this. But but doing it in a video game was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, I know I love Fallout. Fallout 4, when I started it, I took that tack too. I'm going to be a jerk the yeah. whole time and play just for me. And I've played through like, all the DLCs and the stuff like that too, just being a complete jerk and, and screwing everybody over. And it's, it's fun, but there are other games where like mass effect, where I played the goody two shoes. It's interesting. I don't think I ever play in between though. I either play good or I play bad. Interesting. I don't really think I play in the middle where sometimes I make one decision. Sometimes I'm, make another decision 
but I definitely put myself in the character that I'm playing. You know, I I put myself in that situation and I'm saying, if I'm being the heel, what am I going to do in this situation and, and do that? And it just makes it fun just to take a different tact on things. That's interesting. I, and the other... The other piece to this that they talk about in this article that I thought was actually really interesting was a shift in the context of not just the Paragon versus Renegade complex, but also like gender role, um, uh, sexuality, um, you know, disability, like things like that, that um, people like how do people project themselves into the game where, you know, I think that there's a lot of desire from companies and gamers uh, and when I say companies like people making the games, developers, let's say, to create a little bit more inclusive environment around gaming. Uh, and we're starting to see that with a huge surge of f- games where you can play as a female, for instance. And people, um, including myself, I really enjoy playing from a different perspective in that narrative regard, not necessarily on like choices I make, whether they're good or bad, but I actually embrace the opportunity to play as Lara Croft and experiencing everything that she's going through games like, um, Oh God, guys, I'm blanking on it. It's that Xbox, uh, game pass game where you're playing as the twins. And one of them has like supernatural powers or both of them have supernatural powers. Uh, and Uh, one of them is, is, um, is trans. Oh my gosh. What is the name of the game? You know what I'm talking about? uh, Recent, Uh, recent ish, couple of years. Um, Oh, chat. What is, brother. it? Uh, what is it? Tell, tell, uh, tell, um, so that's an interesting thing. When I, I think when I play as a female character, I find it much harder to be bad. Is that weird? Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's weird. I don't think that's weird. Tell I me think why. That, I think that the, I don't know why. Yeah. No, no, tell me why is the game. That's oh, all. tell me why is the game. <laughs> that's the easiest title to say and have the context get totally effed uh, up because nobody so knows um yeah tell me why was tell it, me <laughs> it's a fun game where you can you know you exp- like and they kind of touch on some of that transition and and everything for that one character uh anyway i i i actually really embrace that scott do you do you feel like you've had any of those situations in games um yeah definitely i will try like when it comes to character i'm a giant rpg nerd so i'll play pretty much any rpg ever and and at least give it a shot and i like character creation and i like messing around with core stats and not just magical ones but ones like um you know my character might be a little bit chaotic and a little nutty and a little weird and kind of hard for the rest of the team to take even in D D. But at the end of the day, in uh, in those situations where something comes up where a big moral choice has to be made, I find it just impossible. Sometimes I have to go against character and just not do what the weirdo would do. And I don't know what that is or what that says. Because um, I know it isn't real. And I know that, that I'm not going to like have you know <laughs> deep feelings of guilt forever after I make whatever dumb choice in a video game I'm going to make. But while I'm in the midst of it, it just feels right to say, well, yeah, I want to help these people escape this village instead of I'd like to burn it all down and who cares what the what the effects are. For whatever reason, it's just I, I, I feel prompted that other direction and I go that way. Just yeah. can't help it. Yeah, interesting. And I don't, 
you know, again, I like now if the game is all like you're just a bad act, bad actor, not in the actor sense, but you know what I mean? Like somebody who's supposed to be an agent of chaos and wrecking things and ruining things. And it's just part of the story and there aren't choices. You're just sort of whatever you Walk are. Ride. Right. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that because I'm basically just, you know, adhering to whatever narrative somebody's somebody's designed for me. And I think there's value in that as well. But if you're going to give me a game with choice and 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 the game is designed around choice, whatever that game may be, and there's a lot of examples like that, then I typically err on the side of like, what would the good guy do? Even in things like, um, we were talking about this recently on something. I don't remember what it was. Oh, we were talking about warning labels and stuff on the instance and, mm. and whether or not we should adhere to those things. And we talked about that level, uh, the airport level in Call of Duty yes. Modern Warfare mm -hmm. where you're with a bunch of terrorists and and you kind of have a choice. Well, the game literally tells you before you start the game, if you don't want to do that, you, you can skip it. Um, but if you go through it, the choice is you can shoot other innocent people like everyone else is to keep your cover or you can shoot nobody and basically blow your cover or you can shoot a bunch of objects around the room or around the air, airport. So it looks like you're participating, but do you feel like you're tacitly approving of what's happening? Is the mission more important than these people's lives? Like real moral ambiguity was introduced in that scene. And a lot of people just thought that that was, I don't know. They, they took a lot of heat for that, but I always admired it. Cause I just thought I did too. this is the first time in a video game where I've got a real serious moral quandary here. Mm -hmm. And, and what do I, what, what do I do? What am I allowed to do in this context? Like there's, there's a lot there. And I think as games get more advanced and they continually keep doing that, uh, better AI, better scenarios, better, whatever, we're going to get to a point where our decisions matter in, in much more meaningful and long lasting ways in the context of the game. And it won't be just as simple as I decided to shoot him versus I didn't, but mostly everything's the same. It will be you decided to shoot him, and this now is a totally different video game, and you're gonna have to play it because that's the choice you made. Like, we are we are increasingly getting closer to that, and uh, and when we do, it's gonna be the same problem for me. I can't I can't choose to be a jerk. I, you're never gonna it's not know even like me. Pat what it, yeah, good. It's not it's not even me going. Oh, I'd never be a jerk if if I'm not one in real life. Look at me, everyone. That's not what I'm even saying. It just, it fills me with like, uh, yeah, uh, I can't do this thing that they want me to do or that I should, uh, shouldn't do or whatever. And I just don't. It's a so. gross feeling. Here's a, here's yeah. another, the telltale games, the walking dead. Oh yeah. There, there are moral choices in that game that are just brutal. Yep. Yeah. And, and I've actually, that's one game that I've played through twice, um, and played it opposite ways both times through yeah yeah and how did it i mean did you it doesn't was it palpable like did the difference make itself known to you or was it just oh. sort of like ah different choice same deal oh it definitely makes itself known to you yeah uh there mm -hmm. are um encounters that you have later on in the game that go a different way if you make choices mm -hmm. there was one, the of those, one of those choices in the game was like dealing with a baby I re you remember that? Yeah. You know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? And, and I don't remember the specifics, but I remember being real sick to my stomach when I got there. Well, there's um, another one to save one person over another. Yeah. And get what real, you do. You get real, like, effed up, especially if there's, like, kids involved in making those decisions. It's like, yeah. protect the baby immediately. Um, yeah, it's really hard. It's, and it's rare, right? Video games don't usually put kids in, in danger. Um, 
but like that airport scene was yeah. was freaky because there were yeah. and, and oh yeah and, uh, and, family all that that was just that's just made it harder if it was just a bunch of brutish looking freaking army dudes who cares and we've seen that a million times let's go but yeah i don't know there's something else i think it's also just like the fact that you don't ever see that sort of stuff in in those games that makes it especially impactful uh that's a that's a it's a tough situation um the other piece that i wanted to to touch on here was uh, around some of our, our our feedback for uh i asked on twitter you know like what do you choose like when you're given the opportunity to make some of these choices and we got a whole bunch of of folks and i I would say that a majority of everybody is like oh i gotta follow the rules i gotta be good and you know they project themselves in their own choices of what they would make in a real world situation into what they would do in the game uh rishi b who is uh on antp with us says i usually found the lawful i usually follow the lawful good path i think that it uh, that's because long ago I watched a game morally ambiguous friend play Fable, and he was doing all the opposite. And in that game, your character grew horns when you did that. That that's horn symbology always stuck with me. Yeah, that's another one where I was yeah. evil, or no, because I wanted the horns. You <laughs> <laughs> just wanted the horns. Well, and that's interesting because because there is a there's a cosmetic driver there, right? Like yeah. even if you don't want to go the evil route, you kind of want horns because horns are cool. Um, but I always appreciated that guy. That game uh, did that. I think it's the hard part is rewarding you one dire- one direction or the other. And I think games kind of have struggled with this um, because in some ways, if you're going to give cool horns to the evil guy in Fable, you best make sure the good choices are giving something that, that's just equally as cool. And sadly, things like, you know, wings or something is not as cool. Or just, you know, angelic features on this face is not as cool as horns. It doesn't look so as cool, for sure. How do you how do you pay that off like that's tricky Mm -hmm. that's hard and cosmetics matter in a game how you look in the game matters um so if you're gonna tie those two things together i think it takes a deft hand and i don't think it's as i don't think that's very easy and you know i'm thinking back to my days playing star wars the old republic when you make a lot of evil side like the dark side choices your character would start getting like veins around his eyes and they'd start turning yellow and looking real evil and that, to me, uh, I thought that was cool. And and I made bad choices on, now that I'm thinking about it, I made, like, the evil choices on my Sith character. I would never do that on a Jedi because I'm purist. No, never. 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 So I uh, I did that, and I got my evil eyes. That was pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. The the cosmetic piece is, is important there. Um, it's hard. Or if you're going to get some other reward, fine. But the rewards have to be, you have to really balance those. What was the... What was the Insomniac or not Insomniac game? The, oh, the no, guys it was who made, um, uh, wasn't it like what am I thinking? Of? Electric um, dude. Yeah, yeah, it, that was Insomniac. I thought. Um, was it? I thought it was maybe the guys that made uh, Sakuro. Oh, I could God, be wrong. I'm really bad with video games. Whoever that is. Yeah. Anyway, a that thing. Infamous. Uh, Thank you, called? Travis. Infamous. Infamous. Gosh dang it! Oh, Infamous had a good, yeah. good, bad choice thing, and it was. Whether it was all that useful in the end, I don't know, but it had some cosmetic changes. Like your electricity was all red, yeah. you know, if you were going full Sith in that. And if you were not, it would turn this really brilliant kind of blue white, which was also cool. So I think they, they did a really good job in that game. And I would play a new one of those tomorrow. I don't know why oh, they're not yeah. making more of those. That could be Did they have to? Yeah. Well, they're too busy making Wolverine and Spider Man games, is what they're doing. 
Yeah. I think, are we sure that's them? I swear yes. that's the Sakuro people. I could be wrong. Uh, Gosh dang it. They made the Sly Cooper games, right? The infamous um, people. Infamous people. bring this wrong. Oh, there's Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Right. Sucker Punch. That's it. I was right. Sly Cooper and the and the right. the in the Sakuro new game. Yeah, right. yeah. Legends of the Japanese awesome background game that's out. Yes. His name I can't remember. Oh, gosh. Yes, Sly. Wow. Look at Tears of Tushima. Yeah, Tears of Tushima. Tears. Tears. Same difference. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, yeah, I still need to play that, but someone needs to get me a PS5 before I play it. It's really pretty. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, we have a whole bunch of other responses here. Let's give some quick shout outs. At Joe Uncool, I usually end up going with my conscience. Then I conscience. Then I play it again, declaring that I'm going to be a total jerk or bad guy and start sliding down the slippery slope of being generally good. <laughs> That's my problem, too. I do the same thing. Some NPCs you just can't yeah. screw over. Yeah. Uh, I've tried starring out, starting out like that, but it never works out. Yeah, it just you feel bad about it. Brain Goo says, uh, "Always the good path." Uh, heck, most of GTA makes me feel dirty for having played it. Yeah, he doesn't like doing any of the dirty stuff. Uh, TMS mashups. My friend Jamie says, "I always." Oh, he says, "I always choose the morally right option, even though it's just a game. I never choose the I'm an asshole rah option," as he says. Uh, I always feel like the game will judge me, and I don't. I don't want. The, <laughs> I won't get the outcome I desire. Uh, great, that's a great response. Yeah, uh, Jeremy says it depends on the game and the character. Um, yeah, so it depends on the game exactly the context that you were talking about, Scott. Where it just depends on you know what you're what you're doing. Yeah. Who, what's the story? Um, Kim uh, says not your not your wife. Kim, a different Kim says I used to always be good, but evil is fun. Um yeah. yeah, Kim's one of those that's that's evil all the time. At Big Rig MMO says opposite as well. Steve H and H. This is the one that really stuck with me, guys. As uh he says, uh, I always follow my conscience and unless it's some RPG where I'm, you know, you have to do the specific branch of the story. As an empath, I find it pretty darn difficult to hurt the NPC's feelings. As somebody oh. who's very empathetic as well, like in that regard, I totally get it. I totally get that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you're you've it, they're all fake, but it still feels bad. Yeah, it still feels bad. Which is the point, right? Why else are they giving us? Yeah, that's the other thing. Look, pull the camera back and go. Well, why is this even in the, in games? Why is this a, even a thing? Well, this is why. It's it's to it's to fiddle around with our sensibilities and our our allegiances and our our feelings of sympathy and this sort of stuff. That's the point of it. Yeah. So I guess succeeding even when we pull the bad triggers at the very least it's people knowingly doing that and that's somehow part of the psychology of this so yeah, yeah. well we had more uh in discord quick shout outs to norm sirenex nismaru audi tv's travis um they had some good discussions a lot of it around like D D, kind of what you're talking about before scott like if you can like really jump into the the psyche of the character that you're playing and and do the bad deed in that regard like that might make it a little bit more justifiable um a whole different boat though you, you're supposed to take on yeah yeah the persona the character yeah it's uh because yeah, you're literally, literally picking it. it and your DM, your dm can get mad at you for going against your alignment so yeah so you actually have rules you have to stick to if you're going to go chaotic evil you have to do it you have to do it you Commit. can't suddenly go 
I've seen the light and I'd like to lick Paylor's feet at this point. You don't do that. Commit to the bit. To be fair, I don't think Paylor yeah, would want you licking his feet anyway. That's pretty gross. Well, I don't know if Paylor even has feet. Mm. I don't know what he's got. Whatever appendage is coming off of his leg or his fleshy elephantitis down there is what he's got. <laughs> Just a mass. Yeah. Just a mass. Uh, let us know if you have any thoughts on the psychology of video games. You can email joystickandmouse at gmail.com. Did he talk to us about this IKEA furniture? All right. Holy Swedish meatballs, Batman. IKEA is releasing a full lineup of gaming furniture and accessories. They have partnered with Asus to come up with a ROG-inspired line of gaming offerings, including everything from desks and chairs to ring lights and phone holders. The big question is, though, will it come with scratch-and-sniff mouse pads and Swedish meatball oh, scent? God, I hope so. God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they are they are expanding the 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 greatest cause of marital discourse. <laughs> In the world to gamers, which is building IKEA furniture, uh, to, for the gaming community. But actually, this stuff yeah. looks pretty cool. It really does. It looks really nice. It does. Um, well, um, when you say Rog inspired, I think aren't they working with Asus on this stuff? Yeah, I think yeah. this is like a uh, yeah. yeah, they're working together. Yeah, which yeah. is pretty cool. And look, I mean, if there's anything known about IKEA stuff, at least it's supposed to be, hence your, your marriage comment, but it's supposed to be easy, right? Just <laughs> slap the stuff together. But more importantly, it's supposed to be cheaper, uh, less expensive, we'll say, mm -hmm. than um, alternatives. So you can furnish your whole house for a quarter of what you'd have to pay uh, normally. And it's not always the highest quality stuff. But in this particular case, I think gamers are, we're finally in a place where we need this stuff to start getting a little cheaper. Yeah. Because it's all super high end right now. And everybody's gamer chair is too much money and, I'm telling you, there's a real opportunity here, which is, I think, obviously why they're doing it. Yeah. The yeah, gaming absolutely. desks will cost up to $600, while chairs will cost between $69 to $349. The mouse bungee... What is a mouse bungee? B bungee? Uh, Hold your mouse cord so that it doesn't keep oh, sliding back on the... That's a great I have one on my desk. Oh, I never... I, what? That's great. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, th that's going to be $13. Cup holder will cost $10. I think this is a great opportunity. Like you said, that, that was going to be my comment. Like it's a good opportunity to enter the market at the Ikea I, prices. I have an Ikea desk. <laughs> it's my gaming desk. This is, this is actually I have one as my work desk too. But um, when I went looking for a sit stand desk, there was nobody even in the ballpark of what these desks cost. Yeah. Not even, yeah. not even close. So I've got two yeah. of them. Yeah, they're they're awesome that way. I got a bunch of tables over here. I used to uh, stage stuff after ship and things, and it was by far and away the cheaper thing to do was to go over there and get them. And oh, I want to say I spent like ten percent of what I would have somewhere else. Dude, like, yeah. there's a reason why people go there. It's just the the real trick here is gamers may be may be in the mood for lower prices, but they're not necessarily in the mood for garbage. So these need to be built well. And uh, I have no reason to think they won't be. And if they're working with Asus on not only design and, and whatever, one would assume that some of that durability they're known for will be there. So, so yeah, if you're going to give me a chair to put together and you're kind of, you're going to call it, a, you know, Dupaglipus or whatever name they give these stupid things, uh, give me your simple instructions, have it be sturdy, have it last long enough to, you know, justify a $100 chair purchase. And I think they got something. I think they could really make an inroad here. Yeah, if you can give me a comfortable chair for a hundred dollars compared to 
what you know the the secret lab titan xl costs um i love this chair though yeah it's so good now yeah so don't get me wrong i mean i have a i'm I'm a racer ex person alex is secret labs my wife likes secret labs they're nice chairs if you can give me a 150 dollar chair that is you know as good a quality and is is as comfortable yeah it's like why not as five hundred dollar chair uh, yeah, also a lot of chairs. It's a long story, but I'm, I'm sitting on a Herman Miller. That is a long story why I even have one of these, and it's awesome, but it costs way too much freaking money. <laughs> yep. So I would be happy to replace this with something that didn't run me that. And uh, if IKEA can do it, then why not them? Are, you, are is that like your gaming chair and your pocket? Because I know your gaming rig is like right next to you. Yeah, so the whole thing right now, the way I'm set up is kind of, it's a big standing desk, but it's a permanent one that I had custom built for me from, uh, it's all made out of wood. Nice. And uh, it's this big, beautiful oak thing. Uh, but it doesn't raise and lower, obviously, because, you know, he's not going to do that. Um, and uh, But it's a big L shape. So it's got tons of room. I've got four monitors on here, two Macs, a PC, a bunch of other stuff. And... Uh, the Herman Miller chair I got, the reason I got it was this is exactly the height I needed for this desk. Hmm. And so I locked it in at that. And so now, it, currently, I'm doing everything on it. But I wouldn't mind a more gamer-centric sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like support, just the way it would hold my butt. <laughs> that would be cool. But I also need it to be taller. So what I would hope is, IKEA does this with some of their existing furniture stuff good adjustable heights you know let me be f flexible with that sort of thing and then i'll probably get something but uh but right now this will be this is fine yeah i've had it for like 10 years that that's a good lifespan for a chair holy cow so yeah, so gaming chair good. creators out there who are listening because i know like 500 of you do i'm kidding they uh if you if it can withstand scott's uh keister there you know you've got a buyer yeah. right there my, my sizable uh, cushions that I was born with. Actually, I've, I've got Hank Hill butt, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> just, but, um, straight down. But yeah, like I, I, I'm just thinking here, like how would this work? It would, it would have to be high enough that, yeah, there's a lot, I have a lot of questions. Like the standard size desk for people who got gaming chairs, you're going to be great. They're going to hook you up. They're going to have right, the right size for you. But I've got, I have to, Very I have to see how these things go. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. But I think Ikea's got themselves a good strategy here. I'm very interested in it. Of course, this news comes out as soon as I ordered a desk. <laughs> I ordered a 98-inch a uh, butcher's block slab sort of deal that I'm going to put on this wall right here behind me, and I'm redoing this whole studio. It's going to be different next week. Uh, the great thing about that is, though, it's indestructible. Yeah, that, no, get it. Block you can put up there, and yeah. it'll be there when the house falls down. Yeah, um, so. you know, but I would have liked to see what this was all about. I did get the whole thing cheaper than what they're uh, advertising on here, though, which is kind of interesting. So I don't know. We'll oh, see. That's I'll good. report out. I'll report out and let you know. Um. All right, Scott. Let's move on to your story. How about you read us in? Sure. Well, time is uh, a limited thing all right it is every second that ticks away is one less second than you've got this <laughs> is nice and depressing uh it's the single most important commodity in life and it never seems to be enough of it there are so many things every day that vie for our attention and video games are just 
one of them. So let's talk about how we select these games, uh, what games we give our time to, and how we can experience more games given the limited time we have. Yeah. I'll start. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. So let me tell you this. Alex, you're not in this position yet, but you will be one day. Yeah. Uh, all my kids are not little anymore. When they were little, time was weird because, you know, you got to you gotta take care of the kids. You got to be there. You got to do dad stuff and all that. So, you know, not every night was gamer night. Um, these days, I can kind of play a little bit more uh, than I used to. Um, for me, it's variety, not just time for a game. So uh, it's very rare that you'll see me get hooked on one game and play only that for months and months and months. Long gone are my like early World of Warcraft, uh, early 2000s years where uh, once you're hooked, you're, that's all you did. Um, these days, every week brings eight to 10 new gaming experiences. A lot of those come to me in the form of codes or uh, review codes or whatever from developers. And so there's just something to new, something new to play all the time. And in a lot of cases, that's just getting my feet wet and then getting out. Uh, sometimes it's dedicate two, three hours to it. Sometimes it's an early access title that I keep checking in on, you know, throughout the year. Uh, but at the end of the day, it still can be tricky to find the time to dedicate to gaming. I think I have an advantage in being a variety gamer, and I don't mean like a variety streamer, but somebody who just likes a lot of genres and is willing to play just about anything because I can kind of just have an itch and go, well, what's going to scratch this? Oh, that 20th thing down on my list of Steam games, that'll do it today. And I can just hop in and play that thing. And there's two hours gone, and I'm like, all right. Uh, it means I still got time to go hang out with Kim and help her with dinner and, you know, like try to balance that life game thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I feel pretty good about how it works for me. I think part of it is I never get I never get so hooked on a thing that I can't leave it, you know. I can always leave it. Good so, for you. Um, I, get a little guilt. I don't know what advice that is for people. And, and there are people who are going to struggle more with that, yeah. like they just can't stop. And I feel for them because I don't know. I don't know what that feels like, but you know, take some time out. Do like Nintendo says: take off the Wii remotes and go outside for a while. <laughs> I feel like you might know a little bit about that because my and you might resonate with this because World of Warcraft is a game that I literally just play once a week for raid, and that's it. And that's strictly because of the people. We've talked about this ad nauseum on this right. show. Um, right. That's a game that's hard to walk away from, you know, after fifteen plus yep. years. And uh, but it's. It's become, you know, also uh, th there's a sense of like you don't want to walk away from it because of the gameplay and the people and all that sort of stuff, too. Uh, but then there's also this sense like you were talking about this time suck that our kids who would have thought. Why didn't anybody yeah. warn me that I would have two kids and I wouldn't have any time for it? I'm just kidding. Oh, no, we warned you. <laughs> <laughs> There was always the warning. Sign. <laughs> uh, it just depends on your perspective. Like is, I yeah. love, I love video games, but I, you know, I love my kids more, and so oh, of course it yeah. was just an issue of any time I could have them playing them with me, we'd do that. Yeah, especially when they were little, and then and even now they all get together more than I do to game. They're playing Overwatch tournaments almost every other weekend, and I'm oh, I'm cool. usually not involved. So it's it's not you cool. know they're finding time for stuff like that and it depends on the game some they were into valorant so hardcore for a while that it was impenetrable for me i couldn't get in there but mm. um but they love that stuff and you know part of that is because they were kind of raised in that environment i have a daughter who uh at least once a week sends me a text going 
hey, what do you know about such and such? She's really into these like small kind of management farmy games, kind of like, uh, I don't know, Animal Crossing-ish type stuff. Gotcha. Um, Stardew Valley, whatever, those sorts of things. And she'll she'll ping me and go, hey, have you heard of this, you heard of this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's got a, a really light combat, but tons of like farm stuff. And it's I hear it's a kind of a grind, but you might like it. And, you know, we're always having these back and forths. And what I realized from all of that is we spent just enough time gaming that this is now like just a normal part of our lives. It's not like some weird hobby that you only talk about in, you know, certain friendships or whatever. It's like a f out in the open part of our life. It's it's just like us saying, hey, remember that time we went to the mall? It's just as easy to say, remember that time we took down the Lich King? It's not that different I in our house. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result, uh, it feels like time, it feels like time well spent and not time that I should have dedicated to them they they were involved in it so it was time for them and time for gaming and everyone everyone benefited yeah see i want to get I there so. i i i <laughs> definitely want to have that sort of experience with my kids too like aria and i would sit upstairs playing chrono trigger on the little uh what is it the the cherry pie what no what is it called retro pie the that i have retro pie, yeah yeah and she loves watching me play that. And she goes, look at Chrono Trigger, mommy, like, and all this other stuff. So it's it's so it's so cute. And she's getting into, like, how to move and stuff like that. And I love those experiences, like, with my kids. And it's so funny to see the shift in context because, I don't know, seven years ago, I was, you know, playing games pretty regularly. And the other piece of this conversation is the competitive aspect. And for me, you know, like... I, I enjoy a good, solid, you know, PvP experience. I like hopping in a first-person shooter and getting uh, first place and poning all the noobs, as we used to say. Uh, I am really not that good anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it's because, like, I just don't have time to practice. Am I getting older? And my, my, my uh, reflexes aren't what they used to be? Yeah, I mean, back in the day, if you sat my kids down and said, we're going to play some Quake... Everybody get ready, some quake, capture the flag or something. You know, I would have owned them, like yeah. owned their souls. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, if I'm playing Overwatch or something with them, competitive, uh, Warzone, whatever, I just get worked. And part of it is, part of it, you just have to acknowledge, like, this is the, this generation is playing their quake, and it's fine that you're not yeah. as good as they are. Yeah. Um, but secondly, it's still good to play, you know, get in there and have fun. But I'm not really... Like everybody's like, hey, you getting in a new world? How about that? Are you gonna play that? And I keep saying, probably if it if it sustains itself as a good solo experience, I'll play it because I don't have time for yeah. all the multiplayer stuff I used to. Yeah. That I don't have time for. So that's too much schedule syncing and yeah. dedicating time that you don't necessarily have already, and it's just hard. Once in a while, I get something in, and it's great co-op usually, but but I can't do the competitive stuff I used to do. And when I used to do it, I did it to death. So I've kind of had my time in there like counter-strike and, and unreal tournament and those games. They'll never be the same after I had my way with them, mm. <laughs> but we're past that now. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be on the sidelines a little bit. I think. Yeah. I'm sort of in the same boat as Scott. I mean, my kids are grown and out of the house. So I have a little more time to play games, but I'm definitely of the, I've played WoW a long time, and it has a really special place for me um, because of all the things that happened in it. But it's sort of run its course now, you know, and I'm definitely looking for other experiences. And I've been playing a lot of other games lately, and I log in once a week <laughs> to go raiding, and that's about it. Yep. Um, 
and and yeah, I'm looking to spend a couple of hours and something. I've been playing Final Fantasy quite a bit, but you know, I get partway into it and I'm like, Jesus, this is the grind. I just, you know, <laughs> want to go do yeah. something else and I'll go play. Like I've really been enjoying Ratchet and Clank lately. Um, it's a uh, great game. Some other, you know, little games. Uh, even on the iPad, I've been, you know, like playing some of those those little merge games or something just to you know waste 20 minutes here or there uh, and i don't want to jump into something big yeah uh, and maybe it's like i feel like it might be a pipe dream for me where i like kind of miss the good old days where i used to be able to pwn all the noobs i don't know i and there's on one end i miss that but then i go into it and it's just wow this is stressful competitive gaming is stressful and that's what this article talks about is this sense of how especially like when you get into our mode like our parenting mode where you know you you slow down and experience games a little differently and we've talked about this in in the past like i totally embrace the whole easy story mode video game experience it's great i would there are vast majority games i would not be able to finish unless there was a was a easy mode yeah. or story mode because I, I just wouldn't finish them yeah it's just, just an interesting I don't have time to dedicate to be really good at it to be good enough at it to to overcome the the really hard and challenging parts of it yeah i, don't yeah. Have a, I mean uh, keep in mind too like back back in our day everything was whatever the whatever the default was is what we had and mm-hmm. so if we played a really hard game like some of the original PC XCOM stuff way back in the day, those games were oh like near God. impossible, but we did it. And why? Well, because we really liked the game. But I won't lie, if they'd have had a scale, a scale of uh of you know um difficulty, I would have taken a lower one because I want to have more fun than I do want to be frustrated. Right. And yeah. I think games games that do that, I know I don't know why it's even an argument out there. And I know some people are like well, you're a ba- you're a game baby if you can't do it on hard or whatever, or you need these extra modes. I'm like, well, all right, freaking eat yeah, a maybe. eat a turd. Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> because I want to play. Just because I want to I want to play a game doesn't mean I want to be punished. That's why I don't play Souls likes. Oh. I find them too punishing. Yeah, I'm glad they have their place, mm-hmm. and I'm glad people love them. And I think it's an amazing like subsection of games, and they're really cool. There's some neat stuff happening in that world. But the only ones I'm caring about are the ones that come out and go, we're like a Souls-like, but we have lower difficulty. <laughs> or we have, you know, we have we have save points that aren't 400 miles away from where you died or these sorts of things. Like, I need those quality of life things for me to be engaged or else I don't have time for you and I have to go somewhere else. I don't, I'm not into redoing stuff anymore. Same. Like, there are games I've dropped completely because I crashed and lost a half hour of progress. Half hour of progress oh. may not seem like a lot, but to me it's like, well, I'm not going to go do it again. You already got me to do it once. I'm mm-hmm. done with it again. Goodbye. I'm done with your game. Dude, yeah. you know, uh, you, you guys were talking about it on core. Bo was talking about Disco Elysium. That's a game where I literally lost, like, my entire game. Uh, I lost hours oh. of gameplay in that game. And I and I was like, can't, I can't, I can't, done. And it's so sad because Dang, it's a cool dude. game. Was it just a, was it a lockup or something? Or what happened? Yeah, the game just crashed and something was corrupted and I just couldn't get back into it. I was like, screw it. All right, done. I can't. <laughs> and you know, that, that that's a heavy, heavy game. And when you have games that are like really heavy and difficult, um, luckily that's not a difficult game. It's more of just, you're, you're kind of experiencing it, but now, yeah, it's like. Sometimes, sometimes that, that builds memories, right? So like 
one of the reasons the Halo thing is so is is important to me is because that's sort of the first game that my kids and I played together. And you know, when when my oldest son and I sat and we beat it on insane mode, is that what it was called? Oh yeah, maybe something Every, like that. Ridiculous they had, mode. They had a scale, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we sat for a weekend and played this game and beat it on on the hardest level. That sort of builds some memories, but like I couldn't play it nowadays on on that level. Wow. Yeah. And it's not that you couldn't, it's that you don't have I don't have the time to be good enough at right. that, that level. And that's the deal, right? Like right. you could spend if I had all this time to spend in uh freaking Call of Duty Warzone, I could go in there and get battle royale wins and victories all day. But man, I'm getting tired and slow because I'm mm-hmm. just not sleeping because of kids. <laughs> like I don't mm-hmm. I can't. And that's okay though. You're right. I, I've come yeah. to terms with it. I miss it, and that's part of this is that I kind of miss it. But at the same yeah. time, I look at where I'm at today, and I'm like, ah, things are better now. It's a, it's a valid. Yeah, we're also living. Oh, yeah. We also live in a, a time of embarrassment of riches, like the fact that platforms like Steam exist, and I've got I don't know twenty. A lot of these are giveaways, but I have like twenty two hundred games in my library, or some ridiculous thing. I'll never play them all. Um, and there's new games every day, and there's stuff on my Switch, and there's stuff on my consoles, and Game Pass alone is like this disgusting value, and uh, not to mention all the other periphery entertainment choices that we have these days with streaming services and everything else. It's crazy this time we live in. It's insane. It insane. That's a really good and, point. And here we are, you know, talking over the over uh, you know across the country, piping it to two different streaming services uh, in, in HD, like, what are we even, how are we even, there's nothing to complain about. Nothing. And so what I say, what I say to everybody is, look, if you've got time to game the way you want to game, freaking more power to you. At the end of the day, I'm glad there are choices that mean that match my schedule more. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I am happy for that. And, you know, that is a, that is a beautiful segue into our full stream ahead topic. Uh, that sound that you just heard that, that cruise ship horn means one thing. It's time for full stream ahead. Diddy, what we got to, uh, this week? So this has been in beta for a while, but this week Microsoft released the xCloud gaming to the masses. Um, it's really cool. It works well. Um, it fired right up in the app without a problem. But the one thing that I didn't realize it had, and I don't know if the Xbox has always had this, but it has the ability to stream your Xbox to your PC. So that, that has your PC in play. I know that PlayStation has had this for a long time, PS Play, because I use this to do streaming on for the PlayStation. But I didn't know that Xbox had this or has had it in the past. But I tried, I haven't had a chance to try it out until I get the new Xbox. But um, this would be a really, really nice feature to be able to use my xbox on any device in the in the in the uh house yeah like if i want to go to the living room or something and play i can i can do it there oh that'd be really nice i think that that well that definitely existed for xbox one um because it's always it's always been a thing i think even before playstation did it they had it but yeah it wasn't always great it's better than it's ever been uh, for sure, and it, and it works really, really well. 
the nice thing is you're gonna you're gonna start to just blur all those lines so it's back and forth and everywhere else mm -hmm. and it's on your phone it's on your browser it's on a crappy old laptop it it won't matter where you're ex, you know playing your xcloud games it'll all sort of feel like you're just playing out of the same ecosystem which i think is their whole point yeah yeah, yeah. the last xbox i had was the 360 Oh, okay. So yeah, you didn't have Xbox One. I know Xbox One definitely had it, but like, I don't know if you've tried this with the Xbox Series X, Scott, but like, have you tried streaming that to your PC, to your gaming PC? Because that doesn't seem to work. Um, Streaming my Series X to my PC? Yeah. That does work. It's the other way around. I can't go. So oh, if okay. I wanted to stream to my Xbox or as far as I know, and maybe this is part of today's announcement, but I don't think you can. The original plan was xCloud was everywhere and it would include the Xbox itself. So you'd be able to fire that thing up yeah. and go, uh, I want to play this, you know, old EA game that's in this library. But I, but it's but it's through xCloud via the console. If that's happening today, that's good news, because up till now, you haven't been able to even do that in beta. Um, but yeah, the console to PC, no issues with my Series X. That, that works great. PC to console, as far as I know, it doesn't even exist. Yeah, I don't think that exists. Um, I was thinking the other way around hasn't worked for me, which is what's weird. Oh, I really? I'll have, to, I'll have to look. No there, issues well, here. And I'm, and I'm just doing Wi-Fi, and it's working. I get, I get like almost no latency. It's working great. It had to do specifically with the old Xbox app. There was some kind of an app that I was using. Maybe I have to download like a new app or something to use the Series X I don't know. I have to figure it out. Mm. But it doesn't really matter yeah. anyway, because guess what? I just download the the freaking X uh, the, the Xbox Cloud thing anyway, and I can just do do it like that. It's fine. Yeah, you, you can know? just play it on a browser. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I wonder if you get a better experience streaming your Xbox to your PC or doing it cloud wise. Yeah. Well, if you've got so if you're running it via. Um, you know, an actual network cable, so your 10 base T cable or something, absolutely it'll be better. Yeah. Just latency wise. Um, but it's still pretty playable even on Wi Fi. Like, I was surprised how good it was. Me too. I was, it was, it's certainly better than just X Cloud for me anyway. I, I've, I have during the beta anyway, and I'll need to, I'll need to check things now that things are out of beta. But during the beta, I had a good amount of input latency and more than I expected. And I was getting less on other services. Uh, Stadia wasn't great either, but it was a little better. Uh, Luna was fine, and NVIDIA uh, GeForce Now was was exceptionally good uh, on latency. And so I was like, what is the difference? And a lot of people suggested, well, sometimes you just have a bummer hop in terms of where you're located and where those data centers are. Um, so it's entirely possible the extra latency I'm getting is just because of distance or where servers are and where they where they cross, what part of the backbone they're on. There's like all these reasons. But yeah. Um, at the end of the day, uh, whoever masters that, like whoever gets that down to like zero latency, freaking game on, man. Like it, it changes everything. It's going to be a combination of who owns the service and the internet. And that answer should be Google. But I don't know that be. that's going to be the answer because they're it not won't be i don't even think stadia i look and i'm not even anti stay i think stadia is actually very cool i don't think i do too i don't think google i don't think google's got the stay with it power that they they never do they never stick with stuff yep and it's not even like i'm not even like a, a tainted anti-google person at all i just know from experience that they make stuff and they go eh didn't really work it's not a part of their bottom line like why would they care mm -hmm. you know they'd rather i think even now they would rather they would rather Stadia be a really cool tech demo 
so that others would use them for their back back end and pay them like right now micro sony uses microsoft for playstation now they use azure the same tech that yeah. that powers xcloud because sony doesn't have the infrastructure others use amazon others you know there's there's maybe a couple other players out there but really the big players are microsoft azure and amazon aws and without those two big players you really don't have that business so if i were google and i think that's what they're doing you make stadia look really good but you're not actually trying to sell Stadia. You're trying to sell the idea that people should white box your service for their cool streaming game service or whatever other technology they want to stream and use Google. I think that that's what the play is. The play is to compete with these other behemoths and not and not necessarily in gaming. I would agree. I think that in a the the only situation where Microsoft will truly get beat as like kind of the 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 fit all for anybody for any consumer is if some of these other companies kind of come together and leverage each other's expertise i doubt this will happen by the way but i'm just saying kind of pie in the sky that they would have to all kind kind of come together and say with uh playstation's you know exclusive game library and you know perhaps google's cloud or even amazon's cloud like there could be some really cool stuff that happens and, and even perhaps GeForce now with their infrastructure, right? Like in their, what, what they have from a hardware perspective, like that's, that's kind of winning combinations, but then you got like everybody yeah. and their mother kind of dipping into that bowl. Whereas Microsoft's kind of the full picture by themselves. Yeah. It feels like Microsoft's got the best strategy given they can kind of cover all ends of this thing and still be a traditional console experience if that's what people want. So they're kind of just, they're, they've got the baseline all the way up to the top. Um, that puts them in a really good position. In Sony's case, it would be a huge win if Sony suddenly came out tomorrow and said, we're merging with Stadia or, or we're whatever, whatever the deal is, but they're basically going to become, you know, they need an answer to Game Pass is what I'm getting yes. at. They don't have one right now. And they don't really have a good answer for xCloud. PlayStation Now is okay at best. It's not great. Uh so Sony's strength is still their exclusives, still giant AAA single-player experiences, and that's a strength. It still is a strength, despite what others detractors may say. It's worse than it is, but it's actually still a strength for them. But not for long. They have to, they have to get on board in a way that gets them ready for this next wave, and that next wave is very much cloud-based and very much based on services and 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 services like game pass where people get a lot of stuff for very little money and if they don't have an answer for that they will not be long for the console world they really won't i think they will have an answer for it and they'll get around to doing it and the strength of their first party titles will help carry that through but they got to get on it because in microsoft's case their their weakness has been first party throughput and they're changing that yeah. we're not seeing the exact result yet but that's that's about to change in a massive way and when that does, I'm just worried Sony's going to be caught on the on the back foot. So I really want them to to do something. I don't know what it is. They got to partner with somebody. They got to make some big deal, and it has to it has to be seamless, and no no two year beta. Like they got to get on it. Yeah. And have some kind of that's equivalent. And then and then and then you're talking about some real parity in the console wars, in terms of services, because that's the future. Whether they want it to be or not, that is the future. Yep, well said. Yeah. I always thought that GeForce Now had the best technical 
implementation right now of of cloud gaming and sony has the best games and i always thought that would be a great marriage but when you look at it behind the scenes geforce now is using aws yeah and i believe that uh sony's using azure and i don't know how you you reconcile that difference without a well you could i mean i don't know what their contracts look like but sony could cozy up with amazon even more uh, or dump Azure all together and cozy up with Amazon, and then, then you're basically getting the back end of of uh, GeForce Now. That's why I don't think GeForce Now would even be a player here because they'll continue to have their cool service. There's nothing wrong with GeForce Now. Right. I love it, um, but it's not going to. They don't have. They don't hold any particular leverage that any of the console giants are are interested in because they're just on the back end of of Amazon like anyone else could be if they wanted to go direct. So my guess is. If that happened, it would be Sony going direct, ending their relationship with Microsoft for back end. Honestly, if you had to ask me, if you ask me, you know, Scott, 10 bucks says what? I'd say that. I think that's what what happens. I, I think that is in the future. And it's either Google or it's Amazon. And I lean toward Amazon because Amazon's, Amazon's further down the road with stuff. Yep. More established, uh, more money, honestly, than, um, than, than any other option for them. And... Sony doesn't have those pockets. As much as Sony's got a lot of money, Sony's entire business hangs on PlayStation yes, and hangs on their strategy for PlayStation. And it used to be Sony or PlayStation was only part of the bigger picture. It was part of a ton of DVD player sales and TV sales and everything else. And they still got all their electronics divisions, but they're dwarfed compared to that. Microsoft's got money to waste for years and years and years. So and much years. money. Like, yep. It's a good thing they actually seem to really care about it right now because I was starting to worry in the last generation if they did. But they don't they don't lose anything by going eight billion for Bethesda, no problem. That's change we found in the back seat of my car. Like it's just not a big deal to them. Insane. Microsoft or, uh, Sony literally can't do a purchase like that. They no. can't they don't have the cash. They can't, yeah. They can't so I, I, I wonder if there's like some other third party, some other player that, that comes into somebody like a ten cent or a or somebody like that that decides yeah. into this and they've got they've got money out the wazoo and they've oh, been yeah. secretly like, kind of uh, you mentioned you mentioned tencent but like alibaba that which is mm-hmm. basically yeah the size of 10 amazons or something they're getting way 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 more into cloud computing stuff they handled all the uh, the um the streams and uh stuff for the olympics and i don't just mean a solid stream i mean like if you were an affiliate in some country, any country, and you were looking for footage of the dumbest sport in that was being shown at any given time during the Olympics, they had a direct feed. They and they had a system where you could go in real time, like chop, 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 chop. Okay, here's our piece. Run it. Like they had a crazy cloud setup. It was a big test for them. Uh, really rad how that all went. And they're they are a legitimate threat to all of this. Um, and then you've got, it's all complicated because it's China and China's got their own rules and there's all that shit to deal with. But at the end of the day, there's no denying that, 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 that the biggest competition will probably come out of there in terms of back end. Now, would Sony, you know, a, a very fervently Japanese company align themselves with a very fervently Chinese company? That would be a stretch. That would be, But yeah. you're not, you're not wrong to bring it up. Yeah. I think they, there's something yeah. there. Uh, but you're right. I mean, Sony, and we, we talk about that a lot on the show. It's like Sony has to do something. And, and I would be very curious, 
back to the contract piece, seeing what their contract looks like with something like Azure. First of all, from an exclusivity perspective, now and in the future, and then when that contract is up, what does mm-hmm. that look like for the future of the right. the platform and any clauses in there that might, you know, claim stake on something, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff to look forward to in the cloud market. Glad to see xCloud is really kind of taking off now. I would recommend people try it out. It's super cool, especially if you have Game Pass Ultimate. I think you get it for free. So, uh, so definitely worth a shot. Oh, yeah, it's totally free. In fact, any of the Game Pass levels get you X Cloud for whatever level that covers. Mm-hmm. So if it's PC games that are exclusive to PC, not console also, if you have Ultimate, you'll get either or for the streaming. But I think if you have the separate Game Pass PC only or Game Pass console only, mm-hmm. then you have access to X Cloud of whatever that entails. Right. Wherever you are on your phone or whatever. Yeah. Audi in chat says uh, can't, uh, that it didn't work too well on the iPad. So, yeah, it could be a number of reasons for that, kind of like what we talked about earlier. Like, just depends on where you are um, and yeah. where you're streaming. On my iPad, no, I had a pretty good experience with it with, um, what was the game? Oh, uh, uh, Dirt 5 ran really well. I was surprised by that because wow. it's a racing game. A lot yeah, of I was about to say. There, yeah. Yeah. Very that cool. did all right. But I'll, I'll tell you what, if you're trying to eliminate uh, lag and you have an iPhone and you want to do something more than a wired controller, this um, backbone thing I got, it's not down here, it's upstairs. Oh, um, I got that. It's great. It's great. Yeah. And uh, it's wired, basically, because the way it plugs in. So you're not dealing with extra latency that wireless you know, brings no matter what you're doing. And so if there's any latency at all, it's still just on the service side and you and you cut out half in effect you cut out half the wireless latency by using that thing and it made a giant difference for me with games it's really good yeah i think i wish android had something like it i think they do with the um oh razor or somebody somebody like that makes something that's okay oh really the key sheet yeah razor makes one that it goes on top oh yeah yeah yeah. we've um Doesn't it look kind of like a switch? Like once you're once you're kind of all said and done, it's like a little thing that kind of clips on. Backbone, it looks like that, right? Oh, that's what. Yeah, kind of. The backbone like treats it. Looks like an Xbox controller, but the phone sits on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, kind of like that. Um, But there's one that's even the problem. See, the problem is, and everyone's like, "Why can't they make it for my Android phone?" It's because every phone has got a different um, form factor, and it's. I'm not saying this is bad. It's good. Uh, and, you know, you yeah. got all these choices with Android manufacturers. If you got an, an LG or a freaking Samsung or a million other makes, great. But they're all different bodies and styles and standards and different connector types and everything else. And so you can't make one size fits all. Whereas with an iPhone, it's one brand, one model. And at least for the current run, it'll fit. It'll, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who knows? The 14s come out or whatever. I confirm that the 13s, the new 13s that just got announced, do fit. They're fine, no problems. The next years, though, if they do go to USB-C, for example, and drop lightning, you're screwed because right. your backbone won't work there. you got to buy a new one. Yep. But I probably will. That's a great accessory, and I really like it. If, if you're heavy into that sort of stuff, an investment like that's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I really like it. Um, Scott, like we like to do at the end of the show is review a game, and you brought a game. Hold on, I'm going to play the, the sound for our yes, friends at home. Yes, and the reviews were so mixed. What is this game? Uh, what's this deal? You're managing a gas station? What is going on? 
So the scenario is the game starts and you're in some crap car, first person view, and you're driving in the desert on some highway. All right. It's old. Everything looks like the road's all cracky and horrible. Kind of Mad Maxy, if I'm honest, um, which probably probably helps in my case because I love that stuff. <laughs> I'm driving down the road and and uh, suddenly off to the left is a old gas station. And it's abandoned and gnarly and, you know, everything looks like crap. The paint's all faded and cracked and and the pump clearly doesn't work. And there's dirt and debris and garbage everywhere and all this sort of stuff. But it says it's for sale. And so the way this game starts is you turn into there and you make an offer and they accept it. And now you own this shitty old gas station on an old Route 66 stretch Uh for those outside of the country, that's a historic run of Western Highway. Um, and in the like 50s and 60s was just this glorious time of of mythology around taking Route 66 and stuff like that. that cross country. Anyway, out in the middle of the desert, way off in the distance, you can see a, a, the faint shimmering sort of like Vegas off in the distance looking city. Um, you never go there, but you can see it. And there's a day-night cycle, so you see it at night sometimes more, and in the day it's super hot and all this. Anyway, it's a desert, and you're out there in the middle of nowhere trying to make your gas station not only run, but make it better all the time. So when people travel through, they get gas there, they buy they buy crap from inside your store, and then, then you check them out and they leave, and you've made money, and you hire employees eventually, you get a bigger warehouse to store uh, products, bigger displays, you paint the interior, uh, there's cleaning mechanics because the people mess up the floor all the time, Um you got, uh, what else? You can start selling cigarettes and beer. Um, a, a kid named Purvis, or I can't remember his name, but some kid, local kid comes running around and, and uh, paints big penises on your on your wall outside with a spray paint. paint. He's like graffiti guy. And you either <laughs> got to go try to hit him with something, like pick up a rock and hit him to get him to leave. Or once he leaves on his own, you got to go out and repaint over the, the penis or else your, your popularity drops. Um, it's just a big, weird management sim. It gets really weird, though. Like, there are times in this thing. Everything's a minigame. So p pumping gas into somebody's car kind of has a minigame mechanic. Super simple stuff. It's not anything complicated. Uh, changing tires in the little garage that's next door. Super simple. But, it you know, just these 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 menial tasks that you have to do to get money. Um, the, the people are just freaking weird. They stare at you funny. It, the game's full of jank, but in a kind of a... In a, in a in a way that I that I really like. Um, when you put a park bench out in front of the place or a bus stop, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought this meant, oh, I'll get some walk-in traffic from some tourists or whatever. This bus fills up and there's like techno in there going, do, 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 do. And there's purple lights flashing in the bus. I'm like, what the frick is this? And out of this thing comes a string of like 20 people in like alien and dragon cosplay. And they're just... <laughs> Like doing raise the roof as they walk toward your thing and they go inside mess the place up leave trash everywhere but they all buy a ton of stuff so you gotta like check them out fast and and uh, it's like a huge boost like a rush hour kind of thing and then they leave and they, they they raise the roof dance back out to the van or to the bus and leave i'll put some video up later this week on twitter it's the weirdest ass thing um but the loop is good it's really good you run out of gas Guy that looks like Elon Musk drives a gas truck out there and fills it up. Uh, for he I, really I swear looks like Elon. I, it's weird, dude. Yeah. It's like, really weird. He really does. <laughs> it's really odd. Uh, and there's other, you know, just weird things with the characterizations and stuff. And 
the customers are <laughs> all weird. Everybody's a little freaky and odd and they stare at you funny and and uh the game is just like you have these employees that live in a trailer park behind the place. <laughs> and you go over there and you pay them to do a job for that day and you got to pay them by the end of the day and they'll go do checkout for you, but she never says anything to you. It's just creepy. It's just weird. There's <laughs> bathrooms. People pay a buck 50 to use your your bathrooms and they leave messes in there. You got to go clean those up. And there's always trash. You can call the trash guy around to come pick up all the trash eventually. And you just get in this loop. And you can be open 24 hours if you really want to run around like an idiot and just. <laughs> but eventually, eventually, you're hiring people to clean. You hire that lady to run this. You hire that guy to run your stand, your uh, uh, register. You, you hire a, um, a dude to work in the, the the little garage that fixes up people's cars. Like you can assign these jobs out. And pay these people, and I'm not to the point where I can do any more than one employee right now. I've only played about ten hours worth, but um, it's good, man. It's one of those stupid chore core games, and it's got me by the neck. I love it, and even though it's kind of broken in a lot of ways, I, it's very endearing, and I and I'm 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 proud to be a uh, the, the the owner of a hot new gas station out on Route 66. So look for me. Well, if people are watching on Twitch right now, you just watched him cleaning up the bathroom, picking up a turd, and throwing it in the freaking. <laughs> yeah, trash there's can. poops on the floor. Sometimes. There was a snake in the main store. Yeah, I saw that. The too. patch notes. They took it out in the patch notes because um, they were in a hot fix because there were people complaining of whatever the phobia about snakes is. Oh, for so, real, dude! That's oh, really wow. funny. Yeah, so they're gonna do. They're gonna put it back in, but they're gonna they're gonna do like they did with that grounded game. <laughs> Or yeah, what's that called? Spiders. One out where they're out in the yard and the spiders are too yeah. scary. So you can turn them into like amorphous blobs or whatever. They'll do that with a snake. Chat, look at this freaking um, truck. The truck that had the garage door go down on it and it's like spazzing out. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. They got rid of that glitch, but it was a good one while it lasted. So and they have this huge button out front that you can push. It's a big red button. It, re it resets all vehicles and customers. So if you ever get, I mean, it's like the game knew that you were going to maybe have a problem like that. So if something gets stuck or a, a customer's, you know, won't leave or whatever the glitch is, you go push this button and a flying saucer comes and like does men in black style just flashes the whole huh? area as if we're being our being erased. And then all those cars and all that stuff get reset, including that truck. It just leaves the garage. So you're back to normal. But it's just a trip, man. I like all those kind of games. And for some reason, this one's really under my skin. I played that way too late the other night. Oh, it's man. very good. It looks like so much fun. I so I'm gonna give it, I'll give it an early. Here's my score. I'll give it yeah. an early 8 out of 10. I think this game's 9 worthy if they can fix some of their yeah, bugs. Yeah, all right. Nice. nice. Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty affordable. On It's actually on sale right now with like the early, because it's it's just been released and it's like sort of like a, like a first dibs on the game you get a small discount so if you wanted to get it you can i, I ended up doing yeah that. it's pretty affordable pretty common on uh steam to have like a little discount on day one but they yeah. didn't even do like a um an early access run they just launched it and uh yeah it's it's also you can tell this game's made by a european studio and it's it's just weird it's like they're it's in their head as to what route 66 and the american west is like and it's pretty good but it's very stereotyped in terms of what the West, the, the Western United States and the desert are like. But also, it's not gallons of gas; it's liters and <laughs> um, dollars. But it's, some of the prices are weird. Like you can just tell that they're trying to fudge some of that because they just don't know, and it's fine. 
total totally it's fun. endearing i'm it's, happy to get into the mess yeah th- this is a this is such a a fun fun looking game i i can't yeah, wait to try it it is it's very I good as, as far as one of those those are these games can be very hit and miss this one is definitely a hit and um and and i have to i mean i just have to say the gameplay is actually really compelling and fun it's it's it, the whole premise is kind of dumb and out there but they make it a really fun loop and you like doing it and if you have any OCD at all, you're gonna love this game. I do. It's great. Oh my god! I, one of my favorite things to do was clean up shit in uh, Fallout Four. That was. Oh, so, you're screwed. Oh my god, that was so fun. Because this thing is basically a Fallout Four cleanup mode for the first two hours. Oh, <laughs> That's all you do, really. I, I I'm gonna open up like a bottle of wine, be like, Deanna, leave me alone. I need to clean yep, up my gas alone. station. And just... That's right. This kid just put another penis on the wall. I'm busy. <laughs> so he literally draws penises on the wall. Yeah, yeah, and his name's like Gervis or Purvis or some name. He's like this little redneck kid in his, his dumb jeans, and he comes running in there and he's giggling, going hee hee, and he psh, 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 then runs to the next panel hee hee hee, psh, 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 and then sprays like uh, sometimes it's a poop or it's a uh, words that just say your gas station sucks or whatever, and then you just go out there and paint over it after you chase him off or hit him with a rock or something. Man, it's a weird mechanic. I can't really explain it. It's a little like the alien bus showing up. It just blew my mind. I was like, what is this game doing? Even, there's so much stuff I haven't unlocked, so I don't even know what's in store. There's got to be more. It's got to be. It's I can't wait up. to try it. I can't wait to try it. Well, thanks for yeah. bringing that to us. Um, yeah, thank you. And that, that's going to do it, guys. That's going to be a show. Why don't we clap it out like we normally do here? Nice little applause from the audience at home. Yeah. Everybody listening at home, first of all, on Twitch and YouTube, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Scott Johnson, thanks for being a great guest. We appreciate you. This was a lot of fun. Sure. Thanks, man. I appreciate being on. You guys uh, are rad, and it was fun being on here with you. Well, thank you. And, and where should people reach you? if they? I'm going to do the podcast thing, so go ahead. Uh, we all do it. Uh, if you want uh, more, if you want to hear what I have to say about anything or a bunch of my co-hosts have to say about stuff, especially in the gaming space, you can find all those podcasts over at frogpants.com. Just click on the podcast section, or you can go straight to frogpantsplays.com where all the gaming stuff is kind of gooped up into one big ball there. So you can kind of find what you're looking for. Um, in particular, uh, I think people would really enjoy what we do on Core, which is kind of our general industry show. Um, we cover everything from the news all the way down to all the games we're playing and tons of commentary in between. Often goes long. Uh, my co-host John and Bo and I have a really good time on there. And it's our currently our fastest growing show on the network. So if you want to see why and find out for yourself, head on over there and uh, check it out. That's frogpants.com. Highly recommend it to our listeners. If you yep. haven't if you haven't heard that show or anything that Scott does, please go check it out. Um, if you'd like to listen to more of what we're doing here, you can head over to joystickandmouse.com. Make sure that you are subscribed. Uh, if you want to support what we're doing, Head over to patreon.com slash joystickandmouse. You can also get merch over at shop.joystickandmouse.com. Again, all of our contact information is at joystickandmouse.com. But if you would like to uh, you know, email the show, it's joystickandmouse at gmail.com. So with that, gentlemen, we're going to do a quick round of goodbyes, starting with Diddy. See you later, folks. Uh, Mr. Johnson. Thanks, everyone. And don't eat the yellow snow. Okay, that's good. I like that one. <laughs> And for me, be good to yourself. Be good to others. So long. I mean, the full line is watch out where the... Oh, if you like this show, 
Check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>